The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the latest edition of Fitness Reborn Podcast. My name is Sean uh, of Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movements ahead of workouts. And my guest today is a man named Scott Carpenter. So Scott is a number one best-selling author and a multi-seven-figure fitness business owner. He owns six personal training studios in the United States and in Canada, and is the founder of the 63-Day Transformation Program. So nowadays, Scott spends the majority of his time on his passion project. It's helping gym owners, personal trainers, and online coaches achieve multi six and seven figure incomes by creating and selling high ticket transformation programs inside their businesses at PT Legends. Scott Carpenter, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Not a problem. Not a problem. So. All right, so we got a little bit of a, a little bit of a taste about what listeners are going to be in for. So let's just go straight to the beginning here. Okay, what is the story of Scott Carpenter? It's a long one because I'm, I'm 39 <laughs> now. I'm like a month away from being being 40. So I've I've had quite the journey. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. I love that you're into personal training. That's what that's what kind of really changed the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I am from the Midwest. We were just chatting earlier as well. Um, and I'm in Phoenix now, but I'm from the Midwest mm -hmm. and I went to U of I and I took the path that I was supposed to take straight A's. <laughs> Hawkeye. College. Yep. Yep. Good college, <laughs> stable job with a big company with benefits and then just continue on that path until like I uh -huh. die. Right. Uh, it just wasn't for me. And I had graduated college and I got the corporate job and I was extremely unhappy. And, you know, I was making money, which is great. My idea at that time of being a 21 year old grad was like getting the highest paying job I could. Mm -hmm. So I got the highest paying job I could. And I was in it for like a year or two. And I'm just like, I am, I just don't like where my life is heading. And uh, I had, that's what I call my quarter life crisis. So right. when I was 25, I had visited Arizona. There's palm trees and pools and beautiful women. And I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm quitting my job. I'm moving. And I packed up my car, I head out, and I didn't know what I was going to do. But I, but I had recently gotten into really into health and fitness and changed my body quite a bit over the last two years. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pursue something I'm passionate in. And it's been fitness was such a gift in my life that I wanted other people to have that same experience and change the quality of their lives through fitness. So I started, uh, got certified through NESM. I can see from your initials there, you have two. And then I took my first job and then, you know, I, four years into that, um, and a couple promotions, I had a, I had a personal training staff of like 25 that I managed at a big box gym. And then I left that and I bought a failing personal training studio that was losing a couple grand a month and went from there. Okay. So that was kind of the, uh, the origins of everything that mm -hmm. has to do with PT legends now and everything having to do with, uh, Scott Carpenter is that you, you bought in to a business that was on its last leg, mm -hmm. you know, just about completely done for, and then you bought into it and then you slowly turned it around. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Yep. It was a, it was a group training studio. It was the old school thing. So this was 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of an old school one where they had like, as a group training, it was, they did punch cards and I brought, I came in there and brought my personal training and kind of transformation expertise into it and turned it around. Um, that being said, it is an incredibly hard business, the fitness business. There's a lot of people mm -hmm. who don't make it, who burn out, mm -hmm. who go out of business. It's very common. It is insanely rewarding, mm -hmm. but it is also challenging and it's in for a lot of reasons a lot of reasons sometimes because um the technicians you know the trainers who are really good at what they do mm -hmm. well now all of a sudden you got to learn how to do a lot more you got to learn how to market how to bring people in 
the best methods for retention and it's difficult. And so I struggled for many years and partly because I grew too fast before I was ready. Right. And I acquired other failing businesses and rebranded them. The problem is I didn't have all my systems fine tuned at the same time. So I overextended by quite a bit and went through a lot of painful experiences as a business owner. Thankfully, I was stupid enough and stubborn enough not to fail, right? And just kept at it. And eventually I figured things out and I joined, uh, I hired a couple different coaches and mentors in the space and that helped accelerate me. And then I hit like this turning point and you know, everything got a lot easier. I was kind of, you could almost consider me semi, not semi-retired, but I was functionally retired where these, these different studios were, were running without me. That being said, they were always vulnerable. Like if I lost a key person at the studio, I might have to jump back in there and start working 30, 40 hours a week. And it was around when COVID happened, when we kind of took another turn and I did have a minority partner at one location and he lost two of his full-time trainers. He had the greatest staff for the longest time, but he lost two and then COVID hit and shut down. So it was a very scary time for him. He took a big gamble and hired some very high ticket online coaches who taught you how to run an online business, right? Mm -hmm. That's a tough nut to crack. It's not as easy as you would think. Um, but he, he brought me into it. We tried to figure things out around this time. Arizona was opening up a little bit and we took a lot of principles from these different programs. And then we thought like, Hey, how are people doing these online coaching programs charging three to $8,000 for something totally virtual? Meanwhile, all of us personal trainers are, you know, doing stuff in person and charging like a fraction of it too. So we brought elements of what we learned and then we, we also combined it with this, with this habit changing uh, coaching program I developed over the last couple of years. And I developed it for a separate side project because I wanted to help kind of nerds embrace fitness because mm -hmm. I'm kind of a nerd myself. And, uh, no but shame. they're very averse to it. Right. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to gamify it a little bit and it, it was going to be called nerd fit. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and coach them through it, but give them a habit tracker to go from level one to, you know, level 14. And it, it involves doing the things every day and week that you need to do to get there. And it, it so I, I brought in those aspects into this. It's basically just habit based coaching, which just, when you do it right and it stacks, it's unbelievable. And if any, there are any nerds out there listening, yeah, right, and you're spending all those hours leveling up whatever character avatar, like why don't you do that in your real life? Right, right. Yeah, that actually be perfect for someone like my son. I mean, he's eight. <laughs> I don't know if I call him a nerd, but he is very gamified. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we go outside and we play games. They're always based on these games that he plays yeah. where it's, it's a live action video game where, you know, I'm leveling up, you know, and mm -hmm. you, get, you have a lifespan, you have these pills you can take that can regenerate you. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, man, can we just play like a normal game here? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's actually that's actually pretty cool. Nerd fit. So, yeah. and, and the thing I found too is like actually, the most trainers and the best ones are actually huge nerds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and yeah, like so. So it's just we spend up a, a lot of people spend their time just getting gaining levels everywhere. But you got to do it in your real life too. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just fitness, right? It's, it's with education. It's with your mind. I mean, look what you're, what you look at what you're doing with your podcast. Mm -hmm. You're leveling up big. You're having conversations with a lot of people and with a lot of different backgrounds and you're soaking in knowledge and experience and getting different perspectives. That's really important. And uh, so it's cool. So like, so your average person there is probably, yeah, obviously the workouts, right? However many, three times a week or whatever, but there's daily movement, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, we're so busy every day. We wake up, we were probably stayed up too late scrolling on Instagram or watching that last Netflix episode mm -hmm. and then we're tired and then we're just scrambling all day long, you know? So it's, you know, we need to move daily. I mean, there's, there's work and there's kids and there's school and there's errands, but you can at least carve out 15 to 30 minutes a day to take the dog for a walk, 
to do right. a little bit of a yoga flow, right? So daily movement isn't just extra calorie burn and to get you moving. It's also an exercise in, in kind of your mental health and making yourself a priority in your own life. Right. And we all can carve out 15 to 30 minutes because we all watch way more than that of TV or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. So, so we put in daily movement into people's habits, um, a custom nutrition strategy based on what they like to eat and when it's convenient for them to eat, right? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the workouts and something with routines and structure. Because, yeah, a lot of times our sleep patterns are not great. We're always tired. We lack – when we wake up uh, you know, and get out of bed, we lack that purpose to attack the day. And with a little bit of routines, with a little bit of planning, with a little bit of mindset, we can really be excited to attack the day and become the best version of ourselves. And that's really important. So, but yeah, we build out people's daily lives. Like, Hey, what's your perfect day and week to get you from where you are now or who you are now and get you to where you need to be or who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then every week, what we do in that is, Hey, let's, let's look at the data. How'd you do celebrate your wins. Don't just look where you screwed up, like celebrate the, the things that you've been moving forward with, not just your failures. Then right. take a look. Hey, where'd you struggle? Where did you struggle this week? Was it snacking late at night? Was it this? Was it that? And then, you know, as we're coaching and mentoring them through this transformation, it's really easy based on what that struggle was, is we give them one key action item. We figured out together what's one key action item we can do next week to reduce the friction and make it easier for them to implement in their lives with their challenges. And over time, you do that week after week and you start to change your habits. And you become somebody different. The, the weight loss is great. Getting stronger is great. Having more energy is great. But what's more important than that external achievement is the internal achievement. Mm-hmm. You're changing who you are. You are somebody who works out three times a week because you know that's going to help you lead the best life possible, right? You are somebody who makes good nutritional decisions 80 90% of the time because you know that's how you're going to live a long life. Right. And be able to enjoy the time you have with your family and your grandkids and not spend the last 20 years of your life on medication and in a wheelchair. Right. Right. So it's it's a lot of fun taking people the, through these transformations instead of just counting reps and giving workouts. Right. Exactly. So in your opinion, especially with like online training and online training exploded during covid mm-hmm. um, because it had to. Um we were in several states. I know here in Iowa, like our governor um, told just about every gym in the state, look, your doors are locked until further notice. This is not an option. This is executive order. Um, and so online training really took off during COVID for understandable reasons. Um, now, in your opinion, what is the biggest barrier to keeping someone one getting someone to actually start an online training something is actually in depth that like everything you just went through online um and actually keeping them on board and on track and actually where they can actually see a positive trajectory and where they're going and just getting them st- staying there long enough you know without having the actual physical interaction with a mm-hmm. trainer yeah and like training in person's way better it just is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a reality during those things. And you can do great, but again, it's not just having the program. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. Like people can just Google that stuff. It's all there, right? Sure. You can get as many workouts as you want for free on YouTube and this and that. And you can Google different diets, but the execution of it is the hard part. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. Yeah. Well, one, probably not, because it's not individualized for your life. It's unsustainable, the what you're doing right now. Right. And number two, the hard part is actually in the doing it. That's just what it is across the board, right? If these things weren't hard, everybody would be super fit. Everybody would be super rich. You name it, right? Mm-hmm. But the hard part is in taking that action consistently. Because there's days where you just don't, don't want to do it. And so there's, there's two reasons why we get people really incredible results, really incredible results. And number one is because we really find the time to establish why this is important to do. 
And you know from meeting potential clients and you're sitting down and having a consultation with them, whether it's online, whether it's in person, you know that like a lot of times they have their guard up. And oh, yeah. they're just like, yeah, you know what? I Yeah, I'd like to lose a little bit of weight, but mainly I just want to be healthier. Right, right. We are really skirting over some big issues here. The reality is, is most people have been struggling for five years, nine years, 17 years, 25 years with their health and fitness. Mm -hmm. A lot of times their self-confidence is gone, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you see this with women a lot. Like they'll avoid parties and get togethers if they're ashamed of how they looked or they'll change their outfit three times because they think they look fat mm -hmm. or they just feel heavy and gross and tired and men too. You know, they feel like they're not living up to their potential. They're low energy all the time. Maybe they feel they're a bad example for their kids that they can't keep up with them. Mm -hmm. This weighs on people's minds all day, every day, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. People have struggled. They've lost that same 10 to 15 pounds over and over and over and over again. So we spend the time to really dive deep and figure out why it's important for them to make this change and make it lasting. Right. And we get, right. we ask them to really think about and marinate on like three to five reasons why this is really important to them. And a lot of time it's rooted in fear or, or whatever it is, but it's painful to go there and to ask those challenging questions. You know, how do you feel this is holding you back in your life? But once you kind of get into that pain a little bit, well then let's start talking about that, that heaven. Like if you could just in six months, if we're sitting down and having a cup of coffee, right? And you are 30 pounds less, right? And you, you feel comfortable in your own skin again to the point where you, you're okay taking your shirt off at the beach when you take your kids on vacation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and tell me about how that feels. And they can just kind of visualize what it would be like to not carry, well, this weight. It's literally and figuratively quite often. Right. But carry that around. And and just getting them to imagine that, you know, and then you can ask them like, what's it going to call, what's it costing you by not solving this problem? And for a lot of people, it's like, wow, a good chunk of my happiness in life. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. it might not, might just, might not be just weight loss. It could just be like, you're, you're just getting so deconditioned where getting up and down is painful and it's different for everybody. Right. 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 Exactly. I think I find that it's easiest to work with people and this is a rare client. It's easiest to work with people who come in with a defined goal that mm -hmm. they're, that they're after. And I think that's, that's easier to do. That's easy with anything across the board, but yeah, you're right. 90% of the people you're going to run into as a personal trainer, they're going to come to you with vague generalities about what they're after. You know, they want weight loss. They want, you know, uh, looking better in a dress or looking better in a shirt, looking better topless, you know, what have you. Um, and that's the most you really have to work with. So you do have to take mm -hmm. a little bit of time and dig a little bit deeper yes. because you just know that that's not good enough. That's not going to get you coming mm -hmm. back here three times a day, three times a week for an hour, being miserable <laughs> for an hour. Right. Yeah, right. that's that's not enough. You need to give me more. You need to find more. And the ones that have that do have something in mind, like um, a young woman I worked with who's in the Army Reserve, it was mm -hmm. um, doing scoring better on her annual PT test. You know, which I got word back yesterday. She just took and she blew it out of the water, and she's so happy. So nice. You know, it's yeah, you know, it's stuff like that. So you know. It's really, you really, if you're goal, goal oriented, it's much easier than yes. if you just, you're going off of um, something that's very nebulous and very uh, undefined. But, um, but going back to that problem, then the, how do you actually get someone to open you up? Like you said earlier, people are on their guard. And I've seen that too. Definitely. I've seen, I've met people for the first time and they look at me like a lion just walked up to them. Like yeah. they are just, they are, it is fear is is fear. Yes. Like legitimate fear. I was like, what are you so afraid of? I'm not here to hurt you. Yeah. Not, not, not in a bad way. Right. So, <laughs> just a little but, bit. Yeah. Just, just a tiny bit, but it's for your advantage. It's for your benefit. But yeah. How do you actually cut into that and get that out of people? Yeah. That's a good question because you're right. And, and I've, 
I've had people walk into one of my studios and be like, and feel they need to, like, they would have come in four months ago, but they felt they have to get in shape just to be able to walk in those doors. Right, right. And we're, right. we're, we're fitness geeks, so we forget about that sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, living our lifestyle is something we don't have to think about. We just do. It's a habit, mm-hmm. right? It's not that big of a struggle for us to work out and eat well. But it's not like that for most people. And they, fear holds everybody back from everything. But fear most usually is typically just in our heads. Mm-hmm. What is it? What What is that one, one acronym for? It's like false evidence appearing real. Or that's it's it, yeah, fear. That's that's one. I think the other one is uh, – I can't remember the other one. But, yeah, that that's one of them. Yeah, it's just most of our fears never come true. They're just in our heads. Mm-hmm. But people have them nonetheless. And so, number one, like it's we always have to make them feel very safe. Mm-hmm. And that this is a safe space. And because uh, they think of us, they think of us like they see like the old boot camp stuff or whatever. They think of us like a Navy SEAL boot camp instructor. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid of that. And they feel like if they go into a physical gym, that they're going to be the only one who's out of shape in there mm-hmm. and feel embarrassed. And so uh, immediately we have to really open it up. And like one way that we do that is, and, and we teach personal trainers and gym owners all over the world, how to do it is just a quick seven minute discovery call. A seven minute discovery call with a potential lead or a client. And you feel very safe over that because they can hang up the phone anytime. They're not going to meet you in person for the first date. Right. Mm -hmm. And the neat things you start to open them up about, about that. This is more than just workouts. Cause let's face it, working out three times a week, isn't going to solve everything or even remotely a little bit for most people, for most people, because there's eating habits, Mm -hmm. sleeping habits, you name it. Like the three hours a week out of 168 hours in the week, isn't going to change anybody's lives. It's typically the 165 other hours in the week that are really impactful to see if people change. And so that's what our, you know, that's what we teach our program to be is it, it takes care of the other 165 hours in the week. And that's really, really, really important to see results and to keep them forever. And so we need to open them up because a lot of people are like, okay, I feel crappy about myself. Therefore, I need to lose weight or get in shape. So I need to work out. And the workouts are necessary, but they're not everything. So when we first have a a call, we do a little bit of digging around to see, you know, what else is wrong. So we can say, so what are we on the phone with right now? You know, what are you struggling the most with? Is it workouts? Is it nutrition? Is it accountability? Is it motivation? There's a little bit of everything. So we really tee it up for them to explore more into it, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, well, I haven't worked out in six months or two years or three years, but it's all kind of a mess. My eating's all over the place. And like, I really want to do it. But yeah, I just, I think I'll build the momentum, but I'm just not, you know, I, I, I'm just not there, you know? And, and so now we can get into the pain. And a lot of times that one question, they'll be like, yeah, for the last like seven years, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it just opens up these conversations. And then we can dig around a little bit. And it's like you being the doctor, like Sean is the doctor. Right. You're asking, instead of them coming to you and asking questions, oh, what type of workouts do we do? And when are you able to do it? And what are your prices? That's not helping them because they don't know what they need yet. It's mm-hmm. up to you, you know, having that doctor frame as we call it. Right. You know, they might come in and say, hey, I got this problem with my neck and I need a Band-Aid. That's what they, they're all asking for. Mm-hmm. But you as the doctor say, well, slow down. You know, let me diagnose you. You know, does it hurt when you do turn your head this way and that way? How long has it been like that, right? What initially caused that, right? So that's exactly what you have to do as a practitioner is ask those kind of questions, get them to open up, Mm -hmm. really feel out how big of a problem this is and ask probing questions. Sometimes they're uncomfortable questions because they'll just give you the surface level answers, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to dig deeper. It is sometimes uncomfortable asking deep questions though. Mm -hmm. And, but think of it. If you hire Tony Robbins to, to help you and he asks you some questions about your life and your aspirations, your fears, and you gave him surface level answers, do you think he would let you get away with that? Not if he's doing his job. Hell no, he wouldn't. No. He'd ask you some direct kind of uncomfortable questions. Right. It's hard to do that, but he is like a master at that. 
And it is uncomfortable to do, but when you learn how to do it, you can really talk about the real issues. Right, right. Even though some people will resist it. Some people just open up with that one question, bam. Mm -hmm. And some people are a little bit more guarded, right? Um, but it's, it's, there's a little bit of an art to learning how to do that. Right. Right. And I think kind of, and it varies from one trainer to another about mm -hmm. how you actually approach someone. So there's no one size fits all way right. of doing this kind of thing. But I think, um, overall, if it comes from a place that's genuine and someone, and it's, it, they're talking to somebody who actually is asking these questions because there's a point behind it. They're not just nosing mm -hmm. into your private life. Right. It makes it that much easier. And if they they'll know you care if you care. I think that's the secret sauce right there. If you actually care. One hundred percent. This this stuff doesn't work if you're not a genuine person. You don't really care about people. They no. can sense that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if they know that, you know, when we start asking that general question, then we can go into it a little bit more. You know, use the words. Be like, you know, we hear this a lot. And you remind me of a lot like insert another client's name who kind of is at a similar starting point. She struggled with these things, but here's where she is now. And they'll get really comfortable like, oh, okay, you know, you work with other people like me mm -hmm. and you care about other people like me. And they feel very comfortable. You have to make them feel comfortable. They don't know what to expect. They, they think you're going to be like Billy Blanks, you know what I mean? And just like mm -hmm. flip them up and it'll work out. Right. And, uh, and they just need to feel comfortable and safe. And when you do that, you create that environment for them to share more. Right. And right. open up. And that's where the real growth happens. Because, exactly. you know, yeah, this right. stuff is just hard. It's hard and we have to be open with it. You, you don't want to be in a situation where a client lies to you about what they're doing mm -hmm. because they feel bad in telling you the truth. Right. And so you've got to establish that trust and that that opens the door to it. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So if you're a personal trainer, like, OK, let's talk broadly here. You're a personal trainer or a gym owner or something like mm -hmm. that. In your experience, what separates the winners from the losers, the ones who are crushing it and the ones that are just, they, they can't catch a break? It's, it's how much time you've invested in your education and learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking just certifications and this and that mm -hmm. or a degree, and those things can help. But they have very little to do with the level of success you're going to have with people. Some of the most decorated and, and the ones with the most letters behind their name are the worst personal trainers I've ever met. Sometimes. Um, and it is because you have to become a coach. You have to become a mentor. And you have to learn the business side of things. Maybe not as important if you're employed, okay, on the business side. But if you are self-employed or you own your own studio or you have aspirations to, by far and away, you absolutely need to work with a business coach or mentor and continue to level up your education. It will put you, if I did that, I didn't do that until maybe year six when I was in business for myself. If I had did, done that five years prior to that, I would be miles ahead of where I am today. Miles. Granted, 10 years ago, the internet wasn't what it was. It would be harder to find that person. But I also didn't spend the time looking and asking the questions. Mm -hmm. um, partly because maybe there was, I had a bit of an ego. I didn't think anybody knew more than I did at that point, right? Which was just stupid. But um, yeah, it's, it's learning from people who have already done it and been there is the shortest route to success. And I'm seeing that. And now I'm looking at specialties, right? Like mm -hmm. um, who is the best in the world at this specific thing? Let me go and find them and hire them. Who's the best at this? Who's the best at this? And you go on and you hire these people and you move. I mean, every time you're like three, four years, at, you gain three to four years in your career. Right. Exactly. When right. I started doing that, holy cow, the last, yeah, like four years of my career, my trajectory, it's been like hockey stick, like growth. Number one, two, and three invest in yourself. Like you have to do those things. It is a force multiplier. No doubt. Yeah. I think that's probably a, that's probably a message that has gotten, it gets pretty lost when people become personal trainers, they get their certification, they start working, mm -hmm. they start training, they start looking for clients and such. 
it doesn't dawn on them that there's a difference between personal trainer and business. Um, there is all, all these other kind of things that come into running a business that you're going to have to deal with, or you're going to have to pay someone to deal with, which you probably don't mm -hmm. have the money for, right? At where you're right. starting, you know, there's and, the marketing. Yeah. There's the marketing sales. Um, you know, the very rarely is it the case that, you know, if you build it, they will come. Usually you got to go to them. And even if they come, even if you get massively lucky, mm -hmm. chances are you're not charging enough to make it run like a real business. And right, right. by that, I mean, yeah, in, initially you're going to have to wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to learn marketing. You're probably going to have to learn how to do Facebook ads, which is a beast sometimes. You're going to learn, you're going to need it. But then again, take the shortcuts, learn what kind of campaigns and copy and ads and how to set up that actually brings in people, right? Right. And then the thing is, is if you're not charging enough for it, two things happen. Your, your people don't get results. If we tie it back to your previous question, like number one, you got to find out the real reason why they're here and why this is important. Number mm -hmm. two, they have to pay good money to do it. Even if you have the most amazing, open, genuine conversation and they're only paying a small amount every month, they're like, all right, I'll give it a shot. But if they're paying something like $2,000, $3,000, $6,000 for the solution, for this program that's going to solve their problems, they now are like, yeah, that's, that's pricey, but you know what? It's worth it. I see this mm -hmm. as a solution, and I'm ready to change my life. Let's do this. Right. If somebody puts down $3,000 to work with you over like a 9, 12-week period, right, because you have pitched them the solution instead of selling sessions or memberships, which they don't care about, you have this program. It is designed to do exactly that. Boom. They pay you $3,000. They are ready to change. They are malleable. They will make the changes outside of working with you three times a week that are completely necessary. And you're having your mentoring check-ins, like a Zoom call with them every 15 minutes or a 15 to 20 minute Zoom call every week, once a week to review those, that progress that they're making, right? right? Celebrate the wins. Look at where they struggled. Give them one key action item move that they need to change to make it easier next week. Right, right. So, so, going, so yeah, go, so like going go into this, like going in, going into something like that, though. Now, before, like, before anybody starts, just like who's a new personal trainer and starts, you know, charging three thousand dollars for their services, right. what are what do you think are some qualifiers they should ask themselves before they start trying to charge people that kind of money? Yeah, you you have to deliver a quality product and service, mm -hmm. right? And if you're just starting out, you probably don't have that confidence. Yet, yet. And so that's where, yeah, you want to learn these things. You want to, one of the most important things not, is not just like when I joined these different mentorships or business coaching programs. Yes, it's what you learn, okay? But it is also being surrounded in a group of your peers, just like you, who are already crushing it with this. Mm -hmm. That you're going to learn from them. You're going to start to get conviction, certainty, and belief in not just what you're learning, but that you can do it as well. Because you're meeting people just like you who are already doing it. And that is so important to show you that it can be done because most people suffer from thinking too small. Mm -hmm. And then work, like most, most people in the fitness industry are very hard workers, but they're thinking too small. It's and fear. they don't think it can be done. It is exactly... Exactly. And I have been there for a long time and I still have to constantly challenge myself. I met up with uh, an old business mentor of mine a few months ago and he's like, Scott, like you're, you're doing really well, right? You're making a ton of money and you have a beautiful wife and two awesome kids and in a beautiful home. And you're, you have, you're teaching your group of people. And it's amazing. But he said, you know what pisses me off about you? And he's challenging me, right? He's being a little aggressive to just challenge me. He's like, you're not, you're not thinking, how can I make $500 million in your lifetime? And that's, it's, he's, he's purposely being a little bit abrasive on it. But he's challenging me to think bigger is what he's doing. And a lot of times we're like, okay, what, you know, how do I make $5,000 more this year? Which at a minimum, you should be like, how can I make $50,000 more this year? Because you can do that in a year easily. You can do more. You can do more. So, but you, you need to get around people who are doing it, thinking it, learning it. 
And that group and that community will drive you forward. You've always heard it again and again, like you're the sum of the, the five people you spend the most time with, right? Right. Surround yourself with people who are doing bigger things, thinking in bigger ways. It naturally, like through osmosis, it just carries you up. And I mean, a good example of this is, he's been working with us for a few months, um, uh, Austin Garber. He's in Chico, California, personal trainer. He quit the job at his gym a few months ago. And he's been, a, he's in, he's in groups with these other gym owners or independent trainers. And now he's at a run rate of like 12 grand a month. And he pays rent at a studio right now, 600 bucks a month. Like he's doing insanely well. He's like 23. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. And it's just cause he is around these people learning the same things and he's a believer in it. And he's leveling up just from what he's learning and who he's with. And the cool thing is, is now uh, just last week he was looking at spaces to get his own studio. And so right. he's on track to get his open up his own studio. He's 23 years old. It's nuts. It's really cool. But we just got to think bigger and be around the people who are interested in growth and have an abundance mindset and learn. And that's with everything. Like I'm in multiple groups and the stuff I've learned has not just been for the fitness industry, right? It's for investments. Mm-hmm. It's for advanced financial strategies. And I just taught, I was at an iron circle meetup in uh, Myrtle beach, just, just over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And what I learned a couple of years ago about like infinite, an infinite banking concept and how you can take that and then invest in real estate for cash flow. I did. I learned that from a few years ago of a few years ago with a group that I was in and now I'm teaching it to another group, which nice. is just so cool, but you've got to get, you got to get in these things. Right. Right. Exactly. So tell us about, um, was it green line, uh, green light personal training franchise systems? Yeah. So I, I saw that, uh, in your, in your little profile in your bio. So, uh, tell us what that's all about. Yeah. So, um, we uncovered like, like how to sell these high ticket programs a couple of years ago, right. When COVID hit, right. We, the, all, all the online tactics and stuff for people selling high ticket programs. We brought it in the brick and mortar fitness business with this coaching program. And it blew up at, at one of my locations where I tested it. And then we took all my general managers, the other ones and taught them how to do it. And they just started crushing it financially, but the results that they get with people. It attracted the attention of other gym owners. They saw like our huge increase in performance. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them, like they said, hey, can, you, can I talk to you on the, over the phone? Can you share what you're doing? So I said, sure. I shared what we were doing. And then they're like, hey, can you teach me how to do this in my business model? And I said, I have no idea, but I'll help you out. Sure. And um, we allowed them to come on our three time a week Zoom calls that we we're doing internally. I worked with them to build it in their respective business models whether they were one-on-one PT training out of the garage or basement or whether they were a CrossFit gym or you name it. And they blew up, blew up very quickly, like eight weeks, they were making double, triple the profit. And then they told other gym owners and that's when PT legends was born. And we started helping gym owners and personal trainers all over the world now, which is pretty cool. Learn how to do these systems. And that's where, that's where the book came in, right? This is specifically for CrossFit gyms. The, the one for personal trainings models is coming out soon. It's the same thing, just slightly different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also had two people I knew that owned gyms in, in Toronto. And they said, hey, we have seen the results of all these other gym owners. And your, your system works. Your business system just works. And so they said, we want to do something bigger. We want to create a franchise. And we know these dozens of gym owners that are crushing it with this. And mine, all my studios are PT studios, right? Mm-hmm. They right. said with all how your business has changed over 10 years and these new systems that you've moved to, what if you were to start up a brand new studio from scratch? We're talking square footage. We're talking price. We're talking methods, all that. And you were to reimagine, create the perfect personal training studio. What would that look like? And that's exactly what Greenlight personal training is. We're looking at 1,200 to 1,800 square feet, okay? 1,200 to 1,800 square feet, um, so low foot footprint, low, low overhead, and using overlapping or layered personal training. This is where you are developing and working with people for their specific, what they specifically need themselves, 
but you're able to leverage your time by working with one, two, three other people at the same time. So you're able to charge one-on-one -on -one rates, but work with multiple people. It's a win for the business owner. It's a win for the trainer because they can make a ton more money mm -hmm. and have an amazing career. People that work for me can easily do 50 to over $100,000 just as a trainer, which is really cool. Um, and not only can they, they, can, they can do that, but it, it works better for the client because the people who want one-on-one, -on -one, they really value their time. Right. They value coming in on their way back from work at 530 instead of coming back at 8 p.m. because that's the only time slot you have available. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to one-on-one, -on -one, like just one-on-one, -on -one, they develop a relationship with other people. And so they're getting the specific work that they need, challenge how they need. The only con is you're not going to hover over them and count their own reps. But they don't need that. They can count their own reps while they're doing it. It's just it's an amazing model that does financially very well, has a massive impact. And so that's what it is. It's basically what is, you know, with my 14 years of experience in the industry, what is the perfect personal training model? And not just mine. It's with my partner, Dave. It's with Dan. It's with Jeff. All of our heads, all of our collective levels of experience, which is, I don't know, 50 years in the industry or something like that. It's putting that together and having the perfect, the perfect personal training model. Okay. So that model would be, a one-on-one -on -one session with a client and then you as a trainer, the client has the benefit of working or the client has the benefit of you collaborating with everyone else in the same uh, environment and working with this. Think of layered individual. personal training like this. Okay. Let's say you sign up a couple to work together. You know, okay. the, the woman wants to lose 30 pounds. She's got kind of a dodgy knee. Right. Other than that, it's pretty normal. And the, the husband, yeah, wants to drop maybe five or 10 pounds, but he wants to put on some upper body, he like wants to get some chest and shoulders and arms. Right. And now you're working together with them in the same session. Mm -hmm. Right. You can easily do that. Right. There's going to be some overlap in what they're doing, but you're going to specialize a few things for him. You're going to specialize a few things for her. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're both going to get amazing workouts and you can easily, you know, give them direction and coach and cue each other. Um, and, and you're working with them at the same time is just like that. This layered personal training is just like that, except they're not married. Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing. So every trainer has the ability to, and it, it depends on talent, right? Depends on what you're able to handle. Everybody, every personal trainer can work with two, three, four people at once. And you have amazing margins, but the personal trainers can make a lot of money because the, the problem with one-on-one -on -one is, is just that your capacity is one. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to pay people well while also having enough margin in the business to do things properly. Because right. as a business owner, you need to be able to pay somebody to run your ads and have ad spend. You need to pay able to pay somebody to clean the place because at a certain point, you can't wear all the hats. There's no way. There's no way you'll burn out. And that's what happens across the industry. You have to charge enough and you have to have a model that works and runs like a real life business where maybe Sean, eventually you only want to work five to 15 hours a week in that business and have it supply everything you need for your family. Right. right. And you need to afford to be able to pay a GM who can make an amazing salary too, who won't leave you. Right. And there's, that's where we fall short in the fitness industry of constantly cut rates and do it where everybody's just above broke. And mm. nobody wins that way, and particularly the client. Right, right. So what do you what do you make of Because I know a lot of gyms, they do all kinds of deals and stuff like that. Discounts on membership. You know, you mm. get X number of free sessions with a, a personal trainer if you sign up for a specified period of time, what have you. You know, they do all kinds of things just to really kind of pull people in the door mm -hmm. and just kind of get – get them, get the foot traffic going. And then um, the plan is that from there, it'll sail on to becoming like a fully enrolled client or something like that. So what do you make of uh, systems like that? Typically horrible. Typically, um, right. The, 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 Hey, try us out free for an extended period of time is bad. It devalues what we do. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people who were heavy into that are out of business by now. That's just it. Um, it's just it. And if you price anchor low, people perceive your, your services incredibly low value mm -hmm. and they don't put any effort into it. Usually, right. and you'll talk to anybody who's owned a gym 
for or PT studio, whatever it is for an extended period of time, they will tell you unanimously 100% of them across the board. And I know hundreds of them that the clients, the typical client who pays you the least expect the most and are the biggest pains in the asses. <laughs> and it's, it's just psychology with it. We don't uh -huh. value things as much when we don't sacrifice and put our own skin, our own money in the game. We don't value things as much. And you're sort of, I see you have your CPT, your CES, mm -hmm. right? I started with my CPT. I got my CES. I got my PES, right? Mm -hmm. And back when I was employed and working for, um, working for a big box gym, like it, it helped me get like a little bit higher pay as well. And, you know, they were like, I don't know, six, 700 bucks, which was a ton of money to me back then. And I spent it and I learned it and I applied it and it was great. I knew somebody that worked at NASM who was able to get me the weight loss one for free, which is one I was the most interested in too. But guess what? He just loaded it in my account and I said, thank you. That's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. But guess what? I never took the damn thing. Mm -hmm. I never took it because I didn't spend my money to right. buy it. I didn't value it as much. Right. There's no, it's value not like I'm immune from this. Right. Yeah. We all have these things. And so if you do this really low price stuff and, and, and they just don't value it as much, it looks like a lower value service and they'll treat it right. as such. Right. And if I you ask those same gym owners, like who their best clients are, who are like paying the high rates coming three times a week, religiously for the last X years, mm -hmm. they're the ones with the least amount of problems. They love you. They value what you do. They show up, they pay the bills. That's, you need to get more of those. Right, you need to get right. more of those. And you are training people to treat you the other way when you go in with those those really low price to free offers. And it just right. destroys your business. I know why we all do it. I've done it before. Right. Not yeah, the way to do it. It's it's a you know, it's a, a low barrier offer. And, you know, just to be completely honest here, and I've kind of quietly thought this for a very long time. I've never actually <laughs> brought it out, but it's like just mm -hmm. to be completely honest here. When you're putting out deals, when you're offering free things, all you're going to get is cheap people or broke people. And that is not going to work if you're running a business. You no. know, it's like, you know, you have to acquaint it to what you see in a grocery store. You know, you say you see the things that are marked down. They're usually knockoff brands, you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, it may Absolutely. or may not be. It may or may not be a lesser quality than the brand name, but you know, the appearance of it is like, well, this is not actually as good as this brand uh, product over here. Right. You know? Right. And quite often it isn't. And it's some of it's just even perception, but I mean, the, when you're trading time for money, like personal trainers do, mm -hmm. And it's fear. It's fear of putting up that donut. It's fear of not signing up that person and getting, you know, getting a zero. But if you continue to take on everybody for lower and lower prices, you're going to be working more and more for less. That equation does not work. Welcome to burnout. Welcome to every trainer who gets into it with great intentions of making a change and can't keep up with that. With that. They can't make the income that they need to to live their best life for them, their family. And they're working tons of hours. Where now they have to pick up the early mornings and the evenings, and then they're doing some some weekend sessions because those people demand it, and all of a sudden, like it's just out of control, and just you just can't keep doing it. That's mm -hmm. what happens to everybody in our industry. That's why you have to learn these these things, and you have to get good at it because then you can build the the life of your dreams for you, your family, employees, clients. Everybody wins when you do this stuff. So when you worked only as a personal trainer, it, would it be fair to say that you did actually make a, a pretty good living? Yeah. So I started, I was lucky where I started. I started at kind of like a high demographic when I moved out here in Scottsdale mm -hmm. at a really, at, a, at like a premium big box gym. And so I did okay as a personal trainer, but most places don't do that well. Then I got promoted to an assistant manager and I was making pretty good money. Then the department head, I, I moved locations to take that opportunity. And I was doing pretty good. I mean, definitely in the top tier mm -hmm. of people in the industry, you know, and you can't get that opportunity everywhere. In Iowa, you know, being an employee at a big box gym 
compared to being at where, where I was here in Scottsdale, you're not going to make that much money. It's probably impossible. So I got lucky in where I was. Mm-hmm. That being said, I quit that and I started making negative $2,000 a month with the business that I bought. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I had to eat it for quite a while when I went off on my own and I made a lot less, but I was, mm-hmm. I was prepared to do that because I knew I had a greater purpose. Right. 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 So and, what I want to going into that is that what I wanted to get at is that, cause we've talked about the difference between a personal trainer and a business person. Mm-hmm. Like one is not, one, one is not the other impl- impl- implicitly. So what made you take that jump off? Why did you choose to take that secure mm. job and leave that behind and then go into business where you could have just fallen on your flat on your face and never recovered? It's because inherently I am more of an entrepreneurial person, mm-hmm. but what it came down to is that became more and more of a corporate job, mm-hmm. which there's some problems with big corporations, I think. But, you know, they wanted to sell tons of ancillaries, which are fine. But a lot of it, the, the math, the science wasn't behind it. And I didn't truly believe in it. And it's hard for me to, I'm at that point where I cannot sell anything I don't believe in. It's very difficult for me. And we had to do that. And it became this high pressure job, which it shouldn't be. And I'm just like, I can't keep doing this month after month with close out after close out after close out. Like I can't keep doing this. And it's not about delivering quality service to the end user. It's just about literally that money, money, which is important. You need it. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis was not on that. And it's just like, I can't keep doing this in this system. And so I needed a way out and I have a passion for education and teaching and helping other people. And at first it was the end user client to help them with fitness. Now my passion is helping personal trainers and gym owners, you know, take their passion and get the same results that I have, right? Where you have an abundance of time and finances, money and impact in your community. So it was a pretty easy switch for me to do that because I'm just like, I can see, I'm not looking at today and next week and next month. If I keep on this path for the next five to 10 years, is this sustainable? Can I keep doing this? And the answer was no in my job. So the choice was easy for me. I just got to leave. Yeah. You just, you just had to find a place to go and just kind of weather the storms, you know, yep. as you were, as you, as you left and as you picked up this business and mm-hmm. work like hell to turn it around. Exactly. I didn't have a whole lot of security. And same thing when I left my corporate job to move to Arizona and start over as a personal trainer where you're starting to get, you got to build your book of business and everything like that. That was a big risk too. But I had a lot of confidence, like I can figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really tight and really scary for a long, for at many different stages. But at the end of the day, you get one life on this, on this earth and you might as well go for it. And I figured even if I fall flat on my face and I go bankrupt, I can, st- what's my worst case scenario? My worst case scenario is I'll just go get a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. It's not going to take me that long to recover, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a risk, but it's a risk you, you've got to take. And I, th- I feel personally, I feel the riskiest thing you can do in life is not take risks right because you know for certain within a margin of error where you're going to end up if you don't take risks and i don't want to live i don't want to settle in my life i don't want to live just a super average life right right i want to do exceptional things i want to do amazing things so the riskiest thing for me to do is not take risks period the average person doesn't want to take risks that's why they're the average person right the exceptional person is willing to take risks and that's why they become exceptional. Right. And I think that applies in anything too. So if you're, you know, you're, uh, you're, maybe you are an average person and you're listening to this right now. Well, you know, entrepreneurialism isn't really what you're going for. Um, but you know, taking that, taking that chance and stepping outside your comfort zone and maybe mm-hmm. signing up for that personal trainer that you've been contemplating for a decade 
maybe yeah. longer, you know, because, you know, this is, and this is what I run into a lot too, because I work with older people a lot of times and, you know, they've gotten, they're, they're in their fifties or later sixties and, um, things are creaking and hurting more than they ever had. They can't get rid of this weight. Uh, COVID kind of hit some of them pretty mm -hmm. hard and, you know, it's, it's become do or die time. And this is them pulling the trigger and, ch and taking a chance on somebody who they don't know, and they're not really sure how they feel about it. But again, it's the, it's the willingness of risk, you know? So, I mean, for them, I mean, if they don't like this personal trainer, they just stop working with them. Just, yep. you're out, you're yeah. out a little, you're out okay. some money, you're out, you're out some, some money. money. And that's, that's the, really the worst of it. Yeah. And so like, show them like, what's that cost of inaction? Mm -hmm. I understand this is a risk work, you know, hiring me. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, uh, cause it might not work out. So you might be out a little bit of money. Right. That being said, what's your cost of not doing anything? Right. You know where you're going, you know, how you're feeling, you know, how you're moving. So you're going to become, I mean, you don't necessarily use this language with them, but it's like you're on your way to becoming decrepit, mm -hmm. right? Where you can barely get up and down. And you're going to live your, your last 15 years are going to be pretty horrible. I mean, really. Right. It's yeah. funny. Like you can, you meet 65-year-olds, 75-year-olds who are miles apart. They look, like, they look and move like they are 20 years apart. Who do you want to be? You know, right. I mean, these last, like... The, the, the end stage of your life, you, you want to have the, the best quality life you possibly can. And it is not sitting up, needing assistance, getting up and down and watching Wheel of Fortune all day. You know, <laughs> no. it just isn't. Right. So what would you say to somebody? So going back to like a, a personal trainer and wanting to go venture into business and actually set out on their own. For them, what would you say to someone who's saying, you know, I'm contemplating taking that big leap. I don't like this place anymore. They're, they're not good to me. They don't really pay me what I think I'm worth. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready to leave. I'm just not sure how to do that. Talk to somebody who's done it. Talk to somebody who's done it. Um, because the reality is, is it's not it, self-employment or starting your own studio, whether it's, you know, you're renting a space or even doing it out of your home or whatever versus you get your studio. It's not for everyone. Um, there are pros and cons, right? There are definitely pros and cons. So talk to somebody who's been down that route and been down that road to help them get some ideas and opinions and the pros and the cons for what it is. It's not all glamorous, right? Um, I live an amazing life right now, but like I've shared, I've been through a lot of tough struggles. And so you have to, you know, get that true opinion on it. And there's a lot of different ways you can start. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do it and really minimize risk while completely maximizing your potential to the point where like, yeah, you can, can you make six figures in your first year? Yeah. Yeah. If you learn some key things, right. And are prepared to do certain things, um, you can do really well. So talk to somebody who's done it, talk to somebody who's done it successfully. And, um, that's, that's where you want to go. And then you only you can at the end of the day, only you can make the decision if, if that's something for you or not. And so for, for the for your listeners out there too, you know, I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes and everything. Feel free to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to have, you know, a, a quick phone conversation. And you can tell me where you're at, what you're thinking about doing, or what your options could be, right? And maybe you have a family that you have to support, right? That comes into it. Okay. Right. So, and, and just discuss those different things and look at it objectively. What are the pros? What are the cons? And that'll help you make a better decision. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. I'll put contact information in the show notes. That'll be all there. Um, okay. So we're coming up on the hour mark here. We'll start to wind things down. This has been awesome. So just kind of like the, the final word here. So for anyone who's listening, um, if you can summarize one thing, you can tell one thing that you want anyone listening to this to walk away with above and beyond anything else, what would mm -hmm. it be? Invest in yourself before everything else, before everything else, 
we stop after college or formal education, we stop investing in ourselves, whether that's fitness and hiring a coach, whether it's business, whether it's personal development, whether it's philosophy on what it is to, to live a good life, mm-hmm. never stop learning, never stop investing in yourself because that compounds. You will never lose when you keep investing in yourself. That never depreciates. Awesome. That's an excellent message. And yeah, and the, and the genius of learning or the, the, the real jewel of learning is that once you've grown to like it, you want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the real, that's the real, uh, that's the real secret sauce right there. So, all right. Well, uh, Scott Carpenter, thank you so much, uh, for joining me on this podcast. I love our talk and, uh, yeah, to anyone who might want to reach out to Scott, um, personal trainer, or otherwise, um, just, I'll put the information where he can be contacted and, um, in the show notes and, Yep. So that pretty much concludes this latest episode of Fitness Reborn. This is uh, Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. And my guest again is Scott Carpenter. He is from PT Legends and he is just generally awesome all around. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Sean. Thanks a lot. You take care, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace. Peace.